I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press toward the upward call of God. I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press toward the upward call of God. I fight with all my might to keep on living for the Christ. I know there is a glorious end in sight. The crown of life, the crown of victory I shall wear. So I sing the song of triumph till I'm there. I run for the crown, I race for the prize. I press toward the upward call of God. I run for the crown, I race for the prize. I press toward the upward call of God. I fight with all my might to keep on living for the Christ. I know there is a glorious end in sight. The crown of life, the crown of victory I shall wear. So I sing the song of triumph till I'm there. I run for the crown. I race for the prize. I press toward the upward call of
Why we believe in baptism. Here at the South Edmonton Church of Christ, there are a few pretty simple reasons as to why we believe and why we teach that you must be baptized in order to be saved and in order to be pleasing to God. Let's look at some of those reasons together. The first reason is, well, following the example of Jesus. When you look in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, we read this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We kind of followed the example of Jesus here, that just as he was baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness, we believe and we preach and teach that we need to be baptized as well. And that's what we do. We practice this. And just like the example of Jesus himself, he went into the water. That's how John baptized. It's by full immersion. We see that from the examples in the passages that talk about baptism. But there's also some other reasons why we baptize. Let's look at another. We also were following the example of the early church. In Acts chapter 2, at the end of the very first recorded sermon, we have Peter saying, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So if you want to know, well, what do we do about this message? What do we do about the gospel message about Jesus? How Jesus has been crucified, but yet he's Lord and Messiah. How do we respond to that? That's the question they want to know. And in the next few verses, we get the answer. In Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, we read, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So, what's the proper response once you understand the gospel message? Well, Peter told the early church, the, the beginning church, he said to them that they needed to repent. That means they needed to change their their mind and change their actions and they needed to be baptized every single one of them and that's what they did we find out that that's exactly what they did in the next few verses we read with many other words he warned them 
and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. We can look at so many different examples uh, all the way through the book of Acts, and you will find out that this is what the early church did. Whenever someone found out about the gospel message about Jesus, they were baptized. That's just kind of their response. Oftentimes, that's their immediate response to accepting the gospel message. Well, there's also another significance to baptism. There's a lot of significance to baptism, but one other really uh, important factor Paul picks up in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 6, he actually talks about how when we're baptized, we're buried with Christ. Let's read what Paul says. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. He says, Two Christians, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Well, of course, everybody wants to live that new life. Everybody wants to live that full life that Jesus Christ promised. Well, Paul tells us how we can be partakers of that. Well, we be participants, just like how Jesus died, he was buried, and how he was raised up from the dead. We too die to our old life of sin, we're baptized with Jesus Christ into his death, and we're raised up to walk a new life. That's what baptism is about. It's that moment in which we do the same type of thing that Jesus Christ did on the cross. How he died, how he was buried, and he was raised up. We too must die, be buried, and raise up in newness of life. The next few verses even goes into greater detail about that. In Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, we read, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Well, it kind of looks from what Paul says that in order for us to obtain these great promises, in order for us to take part in this new life that Jesus Christ has offered us, in order for us to do those things, we have to die like Christ did in order to be raised like Christ was. And we can have this wonderful hope, but this wonderful, this wonderful hope is surrounded by this baptism that we must participate in. That's why we believe in baptism. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and wash my sins away. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized, and then I can be saved. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized, with Jesus I'll be raised. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized, giving God, giving God the praise, and I'll be born again. Born of the water and the Spirit, and I'll be Christ the Lamb. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized. 
of the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized and washed my sins away. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. I'm now among the saved. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. With Jesus, I've been raised. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. Giving God, Giving God the praise. And I've been born again, born of the water and the Spirit, and I've been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I've been born again, walking in a life of forgiveness, and I've been born again, yes, born again, a child of God I am. Come and be baptized and wash your sins away. I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? And then you can be saved. I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? With Jesus you'll be raised. I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? Giving God the praise and you'll be born again, born of the mother and the spirit, and you'll be born again, washed in the blood of the lamb, and you'll be born again, walking in a life of forgiveness, and you'll be born again, yes, born again, obeying Christ the Why we believe Jesus will return. Well, the first reason is that Jesus said it. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus himself said in verses 31 through 33, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And if you keep reading, you find out what that day will look like. It is a day of judgment. It is a day of, of a wonderful reunion for the sheep. And it's a day whenever the goats find out that, that what they've been doing, they, they aren't on the right side. Sometimes people don't always recognize that until that day. The dividing factor is how they treated people in this life and what they did right here and right now. We know the Lord will return. We see that the Lord is going to return. He calls himself the Son of Man right here. But this isn't the only passage that talks about that. So let's see maybe a, a more complete idea of what it will be like when the Lord returns. Whenever Jesus himself ascended into heaven after he was raised up from the dead, we get a record of that in Acts chapter 1. Verses 9 through 11, we read, After Jesus said this, he was taken up from before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has seen taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Here we see not only that Jesus will return, but he's also going to return in the same type of way that he ascended into heaven. 
He ascended into heaven and clouds hid him. Whenever he comes back, he's going to come back riding the clouds, so to speak. This is promised whenever he ascended into heaven. But there's also more reasons why we believe Jesus will return. We also find out from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. He says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So actually, every single Sunday, whenever we gather together and partake of the bread and the cup, the Lord's Supper, or communion as we might call it, what we find out is we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. It's a reminder of what the Lord has already sacrificed in times past, but it's also looking forward to the fact that he is going to come again in the future. The early church also actually taught that this idea that Jesus returns is going to be and should be encouragement for fellow Christians. The Apostle Paul, again, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, he writes to the, to the church of Thessalonians. He says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The belief that the Lord will return one day, that Jesus will return, it should be something that should provide us with encouragement. That we know that all things in this life that are maybe from our perspective aren't exactly right. We know that that one day will all be made right whenever the Lord returns. Things will be different. Time as we know it will, will be forever changed. And we ourselves will be forever changed as we read about here in this passage. But we see that there is encouragement. There's a deep, deep encouragement. There's one final reason that I want to share with you, though, about why we believe that Jesus will return. And that is the very end of the Bible. The very last two verses in Revelation chapter 22, verses 20 and 21, we read this. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And with those final words that the Bible is, is completed. And here at the very end, one of the things that's stated is that he says, yes, I am coming. And we find out if you didn't know already who this is that's coming, we find out that it's the Lord Jesus at the end of verse 20. So the Lord Jesus is going to be coming soon. We don't know exactly when, but we do know he is returning. And this is the message that we proclaim because everyone needs to be ready for that day. When he comes, there will be a separation between the sheep and the goats. Which side are you going to be on? Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father before your throne I kneel in prayer. salvation out. I've been purchased with the price I cannot repay. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus keep me near the cross.
Jesus, oh Jesus, keep me near the cross. Because I've been baptized by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm working my salvation out. I've been purchased with a price I cannot repay. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Spirit, all through the word convict me of sin. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, all through the word convict me of sin. Because I've been baptized by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm working my salvation out. I've been purchased with a price I cannot repay. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed redeemed by the blood of the Lamb.